0: Support for this podcast is also brought to you by
1: Feed and Seed Depot in Crestwood, Kentucky. The Feed and Seed Depot is your one-stop garden shop. You'll find lawn and garden seed, livestock and pet feeds, local honey and treats galore. Whether you're looking for local fresh produce and local farm fresh eggs from Maple Morning Farm or homemade jams and jellies, you'll find region specialties and seasonal goodies at the depot. We are located at 6315 West Highway 146 in Crestwood, Kentucky. Hey
0: everyone, welcome back to Life on a Mission podcast. My guest for this week is Tim Hester. He's the executive pastor of Southeast Christian Church. It's a mega church here in Louisville and it happens to be my home church. We sat down and we talked about the ins and outs of uh, what these uncertain times look like and uh, what it's like to shepherd a congregation of that size. We have roughly 30,000 members. And, uh, yeah, it's just a lot to handle and it's a lot to deal with. But, you know, we sat down and we talked back and forth about what that looks like. And, honestly, it was just truly a really encouraging thing for me to hear. Um, They're all really confident in what they're doing and, and what the path looks like going forward. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting, and I hope you guys learned something. Um, Outside of that, everything else is going well. I've been talking to other uh, missionaries across the globe, um, keeping up with friends, and everybody seems to be doing well. Guys, my prayers are with you all. Um, also just, you know, if you want to keep up with what more is going on with life on a mission, just subscribe, uh, to the podcast, subscribe to the channels, uh, follow us on social media, stay up to date with what's going on. But overall, my prayers are with you guys and I hope you all are doing well. And, uh, thank you for listening. This is life on a mission.
1: there did my audio come on
0: yeah can you hear me
1: yeah i can hear you man how are you doing
0: good how are you
1: just to make sure that the audio only right because yeah.
0: i didn't <laughs> do what now i said this is gonna be
1: audio only right because i didn't put a tie on
0: (laughs) no worries i'll catch you at your good angles (laughs) how's everything going on your end
1: oh it's going it's going great man it's a little bit crazy but it's going great
0: good good i know that you guys have just you know you you've been super busy and trying to you know just work with a lot of different variables and it's been unpredictable lately, but ha- like, are you guys doing well? Is everything kind of going smoothly? Or are you guys still trying to figure things out?
1: Uh, well, there's no question. We're trying still trying to figure things out because this is unprecedented. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that anybody's ever been through anything quite like this before from a, a church perspective. Certainly when you're uh, you know, a, a church that's that's uh, spread out as far as we are and with so many locations and that kind of thing, it, it creates a new set of challenges. So, to uh, you know, it depends on, on the context of, of the question and reality in terms of is it going smoothly or not. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's going really, really well because of the people uh, that God's allowed us to work with, uh, all the way from our volunteers through, you know, our elders. Uh, yeah. The Parts are great. We have just amazing people that God has put together. That makes it go smoothly. Now the, the organizational side of it and the structural side of it and the systems side of it, yeah, that can be a little bit chaotic because you're learning new things you know, almost every day.
0: Yeah. So that's actually one of my first questions. I wanted to ask, uh, you know, what is it like trying to shepherd a congregation this size? Is it Is there? Are you guys able to be able to manage all the campuses pretty well, or is that kind of still like trying to figure that out too? A
1: little, bit of both. But the the, the really cool thing is, is is that the the structure and the model that the Lord led us to uh, when we started this multi-site, you know, system was we really wanted our campus pastors to be sort of the tip of the spear when it came to ministry. We wanted those campuses to love their communities and love their congregations and, and love the people that come to them um, in a smaller setting. That was the whole vision, uh, yeah. was to be able to to take a, a, a large place and, and break it down and, and, and make it a lot more uh, easy, a lot easier for people to connect. And so... Uh, that's been great. Our campus pastors and their teams that they've built as shepherds and as pastors and the elders that are embedded in those uh, campuses have done a, just a tremendous job in, in continuing to shepherd. Now, how they shepherd has changed, of course, yeah. but but that they are shepherding, uh, their hearts have come out incredibly uh, well. Uh, I should say continue to, because that's no surprise to us, but it's been humbling to watch uh, their creativity and their love for their folks come out. And um, it's, it's really cool. We got some great shepherds in our church.
0: That's cool. I wanted to ask too, like since, you know, we've got these huge buildings and, and they're currently empty right now. I noticed that there's still some sort of involvement in the community. I know that, uh, Kyle and some of the guys there are they doing a food delivery or something like that? I wanted to ask you what's what's been going on with uh, with all that. I feel like uh, did, What did I see that they're like doing some sort of food delivery service or something?
1: Well, We've done several things. Uh, one of the things, you know, the vision of the church uh, it, is that that we want to unleash the full force of the church by loving people one at a time. That's that's the vision. We do that through our mission, which is connecting people to Jesus and one another, which makes it even more personal from a one-on-one perspective. So unleashing the full potential of the church, uh, or excuse me, the full force of the church to us really means uh, how do we get the the, uh, the Christ followers, how do we get the the, the people that are in our congregation mobilized uh, to be loving their neighbors, to be loving their, their work uh, associates and whoever they come in contact with, people that are um, uh, in their Starbucks or, you know, uh, all those places that they normally go. Because that's, that's what we're called to as Christians to do. So having said that as backdrop, um, you know, one of the things that we, we really have not wanted is for the buildings to be something that people look at and say, oh, that's the church. Because, you know, I know it sounds like a cliche, but yeah. we really fight hard, we pray hard to say, no, the church is not the building. The building is just where we get to gather to worship and see each other and encourage one another and equip one another. Those types of things. The true church lies in the power of the people who are the uh, believers uh, that are letting us the, the the spirit of Christ, the, the Holy Spirit, to work through them to love other people through their acts of service, through their works, through their presence, wh- whatever those things are. And so, immediately as soon as this thing started happening, our uh, our church rose up and said, "What can we do? Where are the needs going to be?" It's, it's kind of like a, I don't know if you're familiar with the old Rain, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, quote where the uh, greatest hockey player arguably of all time, right? Yeah. he said, well, why are you so good? He said, because I always skate to where the puck's going to be, not to where it is. yeah And so our church mobilized and started thinking creatively, where's the puck going? Where are there going to be needs? And we knew that that certainly food was going to be one of those things. And so uh, we started organizing food drives, and and uh, through our, our the generosity of our congregation, we were able to purchase uh, Thirty thousand uh boxes of food to be distributed to places that could then distribute them uh, right into the the homes of the needy and so forth and and then uh, when we recognized that the food pantries in in town were were becoming uh, uh a little uh, empty their inventory was dropping, we organized a food drive, which was absolutely <coughs> incredible uh Our people responded just crazy and and that's the that 's the neat thing about uh, having facilities is that you, you can become quickly you know sort of a, a place of mercy and a place of of uh, uh, where people can contribute and it will be uh, put together and then redistributed right into the areas it needs to be
0: yeah
1: in addition we've asked our people to uh, call on their neighbors um, have personal connectivity meet that need uh, mm-hmm. that that comes up and sometimes that need is just presence it's it's not the physical thing. It's just, can I talk to someone? Yeah. Um, and so we, we were asking people to mobilize that way. We, we also knew the healthcare industry, the healthcare workers were going to be uh, overwhelmed. And so through some of our members who are healthcare workers, uh, quickly realized, Hey, we need to help them. What can we do to show support? And that first showed up, uh, in a way that, uh, we could buy them food because a lot of them aren't and weren't going home. And, and, and so on. So we're, we're trying to continue to figure those types of things out. Um, and then we've got a ton of partners in town that we've made available for our people to volunteer uh, and make contribution toward. And, and uh, you can do that through the website Southeast to, to figure out who those partners are and how you can personally get involved. Because again, the, the buildings are there. Yes. But the activity is really around equipping and collecting and then dispersing the body of Christ to, to do what they need to do.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Um, one of the things that I was really curious about, like as a mega church, of course, you know we don't we don't want to have thousands of people in one spot, but then also outside of mega churches, there are a lot smaller churches and there there are even house churches and I'm kind mm-hmm. of seeing some different thoughts and opinions yeah. on uh, like what's acceptable to congregate and how many people, like need to be in one spot for a church. What what do you like personally think about um, house churches or smaller churches of like a hundred people still trying to congregate? Is that is that the wise thing to do, or is that just kind of like uh, feel it out on your own type deal?
1: Yeah that that's a that's a really really hard question because a lot of people are debating that when it comes to religious freedom and those types of things. And I, I think those are very valid things for for people to be able to debate and all those types of things. Uh, And, and, you know, we as a church, uh, we've chosen to not do that. We've chosen to um, support our community efforts, uh, to listen to uh, those that are in authority from a government perspective that are trying to keep us safe. And and, and we want to, we want to obey those, uh, those civil directions. Uh, uh, You know, we're fortunate because God has given us this platform to be able to still worship together uh, you know, uh, via our online platforms and, and and that type of thing. And, and, and we can have midweek uh, services, if you will, or Bible studies or times of prayer together through Facebook live, which all of our campuses do. Yeah. So we're very fortunate. We were, we were God had worked upstream for us to be able to do that. Um, and so, you know, we feel like that the, the safety of the, of the folks, the, the church needs to kind of lead out on that. we, we, we can still gather, and we're more than happy to, uh, happy to help others figure out how they can do that as well. It's one of the things that we like to do. Um, but I know for us, <clears throat> we love our city. We love our community. We, we love uh, our people. And, and right now, we've sort of taken the approach, we love you too much to be close to. Yeah. You. Uh, because there really are uh, some families that are really, really hurting. And, yeah. and this illness spreads very, very quickly. And it's, it's kind of a great unknown. Uh, So that's that's the tack that we've taken, and and, and I'm super grateful uh, uh, because we feel uh, really strongly that we can contribute to the overall health and well-being of our nation, if you will, by us playing our part and keeping social distancing and keeping clean and
0: all the things that we need to do. You know, uh, somebody brought up to me the other day that, of course, Easter Sunday is coming up here soon, and, uh, you know, being in quarantine like this and just being separated from everybody um, my friend had brought up to me that uh, he he said he felt like if we didn't have uh, if we didn't have a big coming together on Easter that he's like gonna really feel like we're we're like accepting defeat almost or it's just gonna be like a really hard thing because like that's such a that's the most important thing day really for us like as a church like that's what we that's what it's all about is you know jesus's you know resurrection what what would you guys have to say about you know like i mean this is kind of the first time in history where like at least in american history where we actually can't come together on easter sunday um has that been hard for you guys to to work through or do you guys have any thoughts about that in particular
1: very hard for us to work through. We, you know, we miss
0: being together physically.
1: Mm-hmm. We miss being able to hug people and to high five them and to shake hands and look people in the eye and to, uh, to celebrate with them and then to lament with them when it's, we miss all of those things. I mean, I, I tell you, uh, I don't, it's painful as a pastor uh, for all of us. Um, and it's also taught us something uh, that the church is so much more than just that gathering on, on a weekly basis. Uh, and I certainly do understand how people would think, man, that that just feels wrong. It just feels like we're capitulating to something. But, but the, the fact of the matter is we're still gathering. We are still gathering. We are one in spirit, you know, um, and, and we can get online and see each other and we can form small groups through these electronic mediums. I, I think often, uh, pers- this is my personal thought, you know, I think often about underground churches that are in these closed countries that are just hostile to the gospel. And I think, how do they do it? And, you know, and they they do it in very, very small groups when they can. And they do it through uh, cloaked messaging systems and all of these things. But they are still the church. Hey, whether we gather to celebrate the resurrection or not physically doesn't negate the resurrection we still celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his soon coming, his soon return. So that doesn't change. We are still the church and we are still going to celebrate that. It's just going to look a little bit different this year. And and I'll tell you, throughout history, when the church has had great adversity, when it has suffered great oppression at times, and 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 you know, whether that was physical oppression or spiritual oppression, oh my, did God show up? And did God spread the church greatly? So, you know, I, I, I was on a call earlier today with a group of pastors just offering encouragement from around the nation. And, and uh, the, boy, that scripture came to mind, which is, you know, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Yeah. So Jesus had to endure some very, very dark things mm-hmm. to get to the other side, which was what his focus was on. And that's us. Hey, I'm telling you, we come out of this thing. The church will will be seen in, in, in a lot more of its power and glory because Jesus Christ will be lifted up and is being lifted up, and He will draw all men unto Him. So whether we're able to physically over these next few weeks or even however long it drags on, uh, the church will continue to march on. So we're still the church.
0: Yeah do you uh, do you personally believe that uh, the atmosphere of our our country or our culture is going to be permanently changed after all this is over?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do. I think, uh, you know, I, and I, by the way, I, I am not a prophet. I I don't have any idea what that looks like or anything, but I I think when you look at any time in history where something major like that, and whether it was a world war or, or, or it was some plague before or something like that, absolutely the world pivoted. It, it, it changed. And, and there will be a great, there is a great spiritual awakening that's that's sort of a, uh, occurring even as we speak, and that will change the world because yeah. where the spirit of God is, the world has to change, and and it, and it will. Yeah. What will the permanency of that be, and what will it look like? Man, I have no idea. That's part of the whole uh, challenge that we all have as yeah uh, as Christians is what what what's next, you know?
0: Yeah. So along with that, uh, obviously, like this pandemic has touched every corner of the globe but along with that uh we've undergone a major economic crisis along with that as well um i was curious to know if because I, I know that southeast supports dozens of missionaries and ministries um have you guys been able to navigate through that well and been able to you know still support those like across seas or even here locally
1: yeah, so far, yes, that has not changed at all, and um, our plans are for that not to change. As a matter of fact, and and you know, I, I got to be really honest. Our people are very, very generous, and so we're super, super grateful. And and our focus is clearly on being able to minister to the hurting, being able to minister to the lost, being able to do the things that God's called us to do. Uh, so yes, that that is um, that's a very, very that is a very important part of what we do. And we're, we're able to continue that to this point for sure.
0: That's cool. Cool. Well, um, along with that, a lot of my friends and family members, since this is just kind of a hectic time, um, I feel like maybe even you've seen this personally. A lot of people are diving into Scripture about, you know, what's going on in our world around us and uh, whether <laughs> whether it's end times or whether it's something in Revelation or even just whatever piece of scripture has to say about this. Do you have any personal thoughts about like, do you think scripture has anything uh, very specific to say about like what we're going through right now?
1: You know, I, I, I've been asked that question many times and I, I reflect on just history in general when I think about that. Yeah. Um, this is not a new phenomenon in the world from the perspective of of uh, something you know cataclysmic, and again, some of the things I've already mentioned, uh, world wars and and plagues and and all kinds of craziness that has ensued. it's uh, so do I view it as something that could be pointing to end times? I, I suppose sure, just like any of these other things could uh, be doing as well I mean the important. The important thing with me on those things is to be able to focus on what's happening today. Um, and we're every one of us. I mean, our lives are nothing but a, a, a vapor. Yeah. So it could be your end time. It could be my end time. I don't know. But is it the end time of the world? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I think that um, God allows these things uh, to be used for ultimately His glory. He will expand His church through these things. And I think God in His infinite wisdom and mercy uses these things. And again, I didn't say He caused it. Not that. This is a result of the sin condition that happened way back in the book of Genesis. And and, uh, these are the things that we were told would happen. That There would be great pain and lots of tears and frustrations. And that's that's certainly what we're experiencing. God's God's going to use this to wake people up uh, to His glory. I mean, He created us because He loves us. And He wants us to answer that love, to repent of our sins and, and the things that we've done to, broken, uh, uh, to, to perpetuate the brokenness of our relationship with Him. And he's given us that, that great cross that Christ died on uh, and so that He could ultimately suffer for us and that He could defeat death and raise from the dead And God uses these circumstances um, to awaken people to the truth that he is exactly who he said he was. And he loves us and wants us to live with him for eternity. So uh, is that the end times? I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a great theologian when it comes to that kind of (laughs) thing. Uh, But I'm sure going to live, hopefully, my best to make every day as though, what if it is my last day? My kingdom assignment is whoever's in front of me right now and because I may get up from the chair that I'm sitting in talking to you right now yeah and I may I may I may breathe my last yeah. was I good steward of this is was I a good steward of this whether it's the last days or not it might be motivating yeah yeah but man how am I doing with you right yeah. I mean, and then how am I going to do with the people who when I get up from here I'm going to go sit with my family and I mean, how am I going to do with them you know and so on. so Let it motivate us all the more to show Christ in all of our interactions, every one of them, whether it's the last day or we've got thousands to come.
0: That's awesome. Wow. Well, Tim, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me and just kind of, you know, just giving thoughts and opinions about the times and everything here. I really appreciate it. Uh, Is there anything that uh, you. Or uh, Southeast as a whole, just want to uh, let the audience that's listening know about just like, what, what would you want us to do during this time of quarantine? What do you, what do you want us to, to, how should we be thinking about this? How should we feel about this as Christians? Um, yeah, just what do you personally think? Thanks for asking, because uh, that, that, that's, a, that's a, a great question, because this whole journey
1: is a very personal journey, and the good news is we do get to do it kind of together. That's what the body of Christ is for. And so I, I would say a couple of things. Uh, one is, is that um, let's double down on our relationship with Christ. You know, I, I, I often am reminded, I'm reminding myself, hey, Tim, be a Christian. Don't act like one. Yeah. Be one. Yeah. and and that is totally how am i uh being the branch how am i tied in uh with the true vine so uh i think that's that's number one and and then i think number two is hey be connected uh it, even though we can't get out and and, and and go into our normal community gatherings and that kind of thing god's given us these electronic devices let's use them. call somebody yeah god likes somebody on your heart pray for him give them a call ask them how are you how are you doing and i mean mean it don't, don't, hey, how are you? Not that, it's, how are you? Yeah. Take, ask them if you can pray for something for them specifically, and then see if there's a need that they have. Uh, do the same for neighbors around you. What a great time of outreach. You can show the love of Christ by simply being there for someone. You know, interestingly, we had uh, somebody come and talk to us from the Kentucky Emergency Management uh, team. Wow. And he said, you know, the number one thing that people are are stating when they're calling in to the um, uh, Kentucky hotline is uh, they just want somebody to talk to. Yeah. So they, people can go to our website and on the front page of our website, it's, it's real simple clicks. If Hey, I, uh, I, I need help. Uh, I need prayer uh, and I need to be connected I, and, and they can, they can go on there and just connect and, and we'll, we'll kind of make that happen. So, Hey, we just want to encourage everyone be the full force. Get engaged with what Christ is
0: doing. That's awesome. And uh, my final question for you, uh, I wanted to ask too, I, I wanted to start off asking this question first, but I'll ask it last here. Um, in this confusing time, uh, an uncertain time, have you guys in the midst of all this still seen any fruit? And what kind of fruit have you been seeing here lately?
1: That is a wonderful question. You know, we started earlier, we talked about how our campus pastors are being shepherds. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not just our campus pastors. It flows down into uh, our team of pastors that get people connected to one another. You know, uh, we've seen family members coming to the church and baptizing other family members. Uh, we've seen people talk about things that they've not talked about in a long time. Their fears have certain they to talk about those things. And that's what we're here for is to be able to walk people through the circumstances of their life, show them where Jesus intersects those things, and then empower them through the word of God to be able to take up that issue to the cross and allow Jesus to heal it, and then go tell other people. And we have seen that. We've actually seen people form groups online that were unconnected before, and now they're getting connected. Uh, so there's a sense that says that God has accelerated a lot of things that are on people's hearts that are now Coming out, and, and the good news is, is that people are not only are they having their physical needs met, but it's leading to these spiritual conversations. People are being allowing people to pray for them that they never would have done in mm-hmm. the past. So they've introduced this spiritual element. And again, I'm really grateful to see that it's happening throughout the body of Christ. So yes, we have seen some real fruit um, from salvations through encouragement. So let's keep doing that. Let's be the body. This is the time.
0: That's awesome. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, How can people watch Southeast? Can they go on YouTube Southeast live?
1: They can. They can go on uh, Southeast website. We'll lead them right to it um, uh, every weekend. Um, And then we also have a a YouTube channel and then there's a Facebook uh, live channel as well that they can find us on. Uh, And then throughout the week, there are several different offerings. We've even got, uh, children's and high school ministry and middle school ministry programming that's going on. Uh, and they can find all of that through the website, two channels and uh, that we, uh, we've had. And now they're, they're proliferating. So easy to find.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I know you've got a busy weekend ahead of you. Uh, we're going to keep you in our prayers. Thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thanks for asking. Really grateful.
0: Yeah. Have a good day. I'll see you later. All right, buddy. Take care.